I'm Brittany Hardin-Tangway, a manager with KPMG, and I am fascinated by the practice of transfer pricing and its impact on the global market. Join me each episode as I explore the transfer pricing world with specialists who will explain the ins and outs of this niche practice where tax meets economics. The OECD released their 2022 MAP Mutual Agreement Procedure Statistics, and there's a lot of insight to be gained from understanding what this is. So I'm really excited to be speaking with Phil Roper and Thomas Bedke. They've written an article, but they're also here to speak with me about MAP. I want to welcome to Exploring Transfer Pricing Phil Roper, a partner with KPMG UK, who is the Transfer Pricing National Technical Leader from KPMG UK. It's great to be on. Thanks for having me, Brittany. And Thomas Betke, a senior manager in the Washington National Tax Group with KPMG US, and who is also our most published author at the time of this recording, having over 100 articles published. Bravo. (laughs) Welcome, Thomas. (laughs) Thanks, Brittany. That's too kind, but I'm delighted to be here. Great. Before we kind of dig into what you talk about and your insights from the OECD's statistics, would you give us an overview on controversy and transfer pricing so that we may appreciate where MAP fits into all of this? Brittany, as you know quite well, transfer pricing controversy is problematic for a couple of reasons. First, there's just a lot of it, and it tends to involve a lot of money for taxpayers. It's becoming an audit focus for an increasing number of countries around the world, and they're becoming increasingly sophisticated about it. But second, when you have a tax authority that's making a transfer pricing adjustment, the result is usually going to be double taxation. Because generally, what that tax authority is doing is reallocating profits that the taxpayer has already allocated to another entity in another jurisdiction that have been subject to tax in that jurisdiction. And this is where tax treaties come in to help relieve that double tax. Article 9 of the standard model treaties, the OECD, UN, US models, and the corresponding articles of actual treaties set forth the arm's length principle. And then Article 25 comes in and provides a mechanism for jurisdictions to actually negotiate and seek to resolve double tax, or if it's an issue other than transfer pricing, to eliminate tax that's not in accordance with the treaty. And that process is called the Mutual Agreement Procedure, or MAP for short. How it works is that jurisdictions engage in MAP through what they call competent authorities, which are offices within the tax administrations that have been delegated the authority to negotiate on the country's behalf under the treaty. MAP starts with the unilateral phase. One of the competent authorities receives a request to eliminate double tax, and if it believes that what's laid out in the request and the adjustment that's been made by the other tax authority represents an arm's length outcome, then it will unilaterally eliminate double tax. Or if it believes that its own adjustment made by its domestic tax authority is not in accordance with the arm's length principle, it's supposed to eliminate that and thus resolve the matter on its own. Generally, what's going to happen, though, is that you're not going to get at least not a complete unilateral resolution. So you're going to move on to a bilateral phase where the two countries actually come together and the competent authorities negotiate with one another. In jurisdictions that have an effective competent authority, MAP becomes a very invaluable tool in the taxpayer's quiver. MAP is essentially just a backstop to be able to say, hey, we believe double taxation has occurred. Now let's try to resolve that. And to reach a resolution, the taxpayer can initiate the MAP process by submitting a request to the competent authority. 
That's absolutely correct. And I'd focus on trying to resolve it because unless the treaty has an arbitration provision or there's an applicable multilateral convention that provides arbitration, such as in the EU, the standard map article doesn't actually require the competent authorities to reach resolution just to negotiate. And so the question in that respect becomes how effective are the competent authorities at achieving elimination of double taxation? It used to be the case we needed to speculate and rely a lot on anecdotal experience. That's increasingly not the case ever since BEPS Act in 14, which came out of the OECD's work to improve dispute resolution and not only introduced a minimum standard for MAB, but also through the peer review process and through the publication of MAP statistics has brought more transparency and more accountability to the process. As Thomas has just described, we have now statistics that have been reported by members of the Inclusive Framework going back to 2016 that show how the MAP process is working. And those statistics get split out between transfer pricing or profit attribution cases. So profit attribution to a permanent establishment and other cases. I'm just going to talk about the transfer pricing cases today. The way I think about these statistics and what they tell us about the success of the programme, we're kind of looking at two different things. Firstly, is taxpayer engagement. So do the taxpayers trust in the process? Do they apply for MAP? And then secondly, how are tax authorities engaging with the process? So if we turn to taxpayer engagement, the way I would think of that is how many cases are coming in to the programme each year. The affected taxpayer applies for it to the tax administrations. That's what kickstarts the process. And in the 2022 statistics that the OECD just published, we can see that almost 1,200 new transfer pricing cases. That tells us that taxpayers are trusting in the process. It's a positive sign that MAP is more effective and more accessible than it was prior to the BEPS changes. Secondly, it also tells us that there are high levels of transfer pricing adjustments, and these can either be taxpayer initiated or come from tax audits. This is an indicator that there is still a lot of activity from tax authorities in enforcing transfer pricing compliance through adjustments. So then if we think about tax authority engagement with the process, and I think of that through three lenses, how many cases are being closed each year? What are the outcomes in those cases? And lastly, what's the time taken to resolve them? Cases closed, what we want to see here are healthy levels of cases being closed every year, and that it's at least keeping pace with the number of new cases that come into MAP. What we see in the 2022 statistics is that over 1,100 cases were closed, and that was similar to previous years, and it was slightly behind, but broadly kept pace with the number of new cases. I would see this as generally positive, but with further room for improvement. If we then turn to outcomes, the thing that we're looking for here is to see the resolution of cases in a way that eliminates double taxation. And the metric I always look at is of all the cases that were closed in the year, how many of those fully resolved double taxation, either at the unilateral stage or bilaterally. And that data for 2022 shows that 63% of cases resolved double taxation unilaterally or bilaterally. And that was slightly down on 2021. One of the things that drags down that number is there are an increasing number of cases where there's been a withdrawal from MAP or there is a domestic remedy. It's unclear whether this does or doesn't indicate unresolved double taxation. We don't really know what the withdrawals mean. We know that number's been going up, but we don't actually know whether the outcome did or didn't resolve double tax and to what extent. 
And the same goes for domestic remedy as well, where if what that reflects is where there's been litigation in the domestic courts, it may be that the taxpayer lost and there wasn't a map remedy available at that point. So we have to treat that element of statistics with quite a degree of caution. And as the number becomes bigger in terms of the number of cases closed that it represents, I guess the level of interest at the OECD level about unpacking that will grow as well. While we don't have perfect clarity as to the resolution from the various withdrawals, we do get the sense that a significant percentage of partial relief was agreed to. So again, I think there's some positive stuff in the outcome statistics. And then lastly, time taken. The BEPS Action 14 minimum standard says that should be 24 months. And in recent years, we've seen that number come down, but there's still been quite a gap. And that's partly because there's a large number of older cases that are still being resolved. There were some really positive signs in the latest statistics. The average time taken for cases closed in 2022 fell to 28.9 months, and that compared for 32.2 months for 2021. In order to keep pace with the increasing new cases that open, there will need to be more focus on closing cases at a rate that will keep the total number of cases in balance and at a manageable level. So in general, it sounds like the trends are positive, but what do you see that might be cause for concern? Yeah, there's three areas that are potential causes for concern. The first one is the number of new cases in the year was slightly above the number of cases that was closed. There's always a residual concern there around the level of resources and the pressure that competent authorities are under to try and keep pace with the sheer number of new cases that come in. The other two areas that are more specific to the statistics, there is still a stubborn tail of cases that date back to prior to 2016. And that is an area of concern for the OECD. Starting from next year's statistics, there will be a new statistic around the average age of closing inventory. And the third and final area is the number of withdrawals and domestic remedy, but we discussed that earlier. Yeah, it seems like a very delicate balance. On one hand, you've got this positive trend of clearly taxpayers trust and believe in this option for resolution because you see an uptick. However, like you said, with the number of withdrawals and while we're seeing positive trends, if they are not able to keep up the rate of resolution and continue to decrease to get to that goal of two years, then you could also see it swing the other way. So it seems like we're kind of at a critical point as far as I can tell. And Thomas and I delved a bit further into the statistics around the old cases. And in over half the cases, either India or France are involved. There's quite a high concentration with certain countries. Let's focus a bit more on the U.S. statistics. Thomas, could you fill us in? This is a very interesting year for the U.S. statistics because historically the U.S. has been very active and very successful in resolving double tax through MAP. And if you look back at the statistics for the five years leading up to 2022, you'll see that the number of unsuccessful transfer pricing MAP cases, which are those that are classified as resulting in no agreement or an agreement to disagree, that number for those years was in the low single digits every year, which is pretty impressive when you're talking about a competent authority that's resolving between around 140 and 300 cases just in transfer pricing each year. It's really fantastic. The punchline from the 2022 statistics is that the U.S. competent authority is still doing very well and still has a strong MAP program, but you need a bit of context to get there. I mentioned earlier that the statistics are great because we no longer have to rely as much on anecdotal 
evidence or individual experiences with the program. But there is still a role for that knowledge because if you see what's happening with these cases, things start to make a lot more sense. What jumps off the page when you look at the 2022 statistics for the U.S. is that you have 23 cases that were unsuccessful. 13 of those are specifically U.S.-India cases, and another seven are cases that are from before 2016. And because the OECD didn't have an agreed reporting framework for earlier years, there was a split in the statistics at that point, and the pre-2016 cases aren't assigned to specific countries. But it appears that most or maybe all of those seven earlier cases are also U.S.-India cases. And this doesn't mean that the U.S.-India competent authority relationship has just taken a nosedive or something. What's going on here seems to be related to a slew of advertising, marketing, and promotion cases that had cropped up in India and couldn't be processed by the Indian competent authority because they were in ongoing domestic litigation around this issue. We just see the impact all at once in 2022 when the competent authorities finally decided to close those cases. And it doesn't have anything to do with the effectiveness of MAP. It's just a matter of how different processes have to be coordinated on the Indian side. And if you adjust for that, the U.S. resolution outcomes are, for 2022, in line with their historical levels, which is very positive. We have these overall map statistics that can tell us one level of truth, can give us a holistic idea and picture, and that we can follow these trends. But like you said, in order to understand some of these nuances and then the fact and some of these stories of getting better perspective as to why there is this increase in withdrawn, you really do have to have that anecdotal side. So while it's important to continue to take both of these sides, we find the truth somewhere in the middle. Bill, any takeaways from a UK lens? From a UK perspective, the statistics were largely encouraging. So the UK was one of only three countries in the top 10 by caseload that actually managed to reduce its inventory of TP map cases. Another thing I would pull out as being a positive is that the UK was able to close 69% of its pre-2016 transfer pricing map cases, and over half of those were resolved bilaterally, fully eliminating double taxation. By the end of 2022, it's only got four pre-2016 cases left on the books which I think is a really positive step. Overall, the UK closed 126 TP map cases in 2022. That was down slightly on the prior year, but there was an unusually high number of cases that were resolved unilaterally in 2021. So I think that gives you a sense that the UK does have a highly effective map process. Here's there's a real commitment from the UK perspective to clear out that backlog and get ready for the new <laughs> rush of confident taxpayers seeking relief from total taxation. And I think that people had a concern that with the UK leaving the EU, that might impact some of the bilateral map stuff. But in reality, a lot of the treaties post the MLI, multilateral instrument now have arbitration in them anyway. But that constant authority process works really well with our European neighbours in relation to map cases. Gone, but not forgotten. Well, thank you both so much. I really enjoyed your article and appreciate your time. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks, Brittany. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for joining me on this adventure in transfer pricing. See you next time. <laughs>